And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yes! Grab your torch and dip it into this podcast. No bus is back, baby! I'm G.E. Skeets, along with my fellow tribe members today. Damn, there's more dudes than women here. (laughs) We got No Dunk Super Producer, J.D. Hello. There he is. And filling in for Trey Kirby, who's on his way to Chicago for the Bulls game. It's our good friend, Tess Mellis. What's up, Tess? Hey, hey, hey. I hope one day to be... Like Mike, 55 plus, getting 15% off at Denny's. Talk about him and the boys. <laughs> we are here to recap episode eight. Yes, it's episode eight, we've confirmed, of Survivor 42. It's titled, You Better Be Wearing a Seatbelt. So who better to join us on this, JD, than Mr. <laughs> Carman himself, Tass Mellis, the best oh. driver I know here. We're going to force some car analogies in here, uh, Tass. Yeah, I really forced it at the end, but um, I don't know if it was the edit, but everybody thrown in there with a wow. Oh my God, did you hear that? Wow. <laughs> I mean, relax. Everybody relax. Uh, yeah, we're going to make our way through this episode, um, which was, uh, I, I, I mean, I guess I saw people saying they weren't all that amazed with this one. That maybe it was like the down episode of the season. Mm. I thought it was fine. I think there's a lot to unpack. But Tess, like, let's get your just like... Big picture, you know, overall thoughts on the season up to now. Uh, you've been liking it. Now, you, like, you're a fairly new Survivor fan. You've seen only how many how many seasons have you even seen? Two? Three, maybe? Yeah, two full ones. Yeah. One where Jeff was somewhat disappointed that someone didn't find the challenge or the, uh, the, idol, the advantage under the bench. And here, the second one where he was pleased that someone found <laughs> the, cha- the advantage under the bench. I thought at the beginning there just wasn't enough characters at the, mm-hmm. just you know the first couple episodes but maybe that's a something that happens every season because now they've all sort of grown on me we've got lord varus and omar he's got ears everywhere i mean that's <laughs> that's enjoyable yep. uh i i you know i'm one of those people that didn't really like tori to begin with uh but now she's got me googling who is that person on the big bang theory oh yeah kaylee cuoco she looks exactly like kaylee cuoco she does uh and so there's lots of good i think there's really really great personalities i think they did a really good job casting it just took them a couple episodes to to really kick in so overall you're you're enjoying the season so far yeah for sure for i I think yeah the the personalities and maybe it's because they get a little hungrier and testier but uh, everybody's personality is coming out the last couple episodes. And what did you think of this episode, JD? Is my assessment or what people are saying, would you agree with or disagree with that this was like a, meh, you know, it's a it's a B Survivor episode, which is still better than most television, but maybe not yeah. the bangers that we've been getting. What do you think? Yeah, I give it a solid B. I yeah. mean, I don't think it was 
I don't think it's the worst episode of the season so far. And coming off of last week's two two hour extravaganza, which I loved so much, right? It was bound to be a, a bit of a downswing for me. But, Fair enough. Uh, but I loved it. I loved it still. I thought the editors did a lot with what they had to work with. Like I thought every sort of segment was juicy, even though there wasn't really, you know, much juice. Really? <laughs> well, yeah, I think with this one, we're going to start at the beginning of the episode and then sort of spin right to the end of it and who went home because they're very linked, in my opinion. I will say shout out to everybody joining us live here, part of the live tribe uh, here on No Buffs. If you haven't subscribed to No Buffs on YouTube and if you're listening to the podcast a little bit later, leave your boys a five star rating and review helps us out in terms of ranking. So, yeah. So this episode, episode eight here, we start night 14 post tribal council, the fallout uh, from last week and it's four people, JD, that are sort of pissed in different ways. It's Tori, right. Chanel, Romeo, and Marianne. They were all left on the outs mm -hmm. of that last vote. They didn't really know what was going on. Chanel's pissed. She was on the wrong side of the numbers. That's not great. Romeo is very pissed with Drea. How did you not tell me? I thought we were tight. Marianne, she's talking with Lindsay about being on the outs, you know, cue the sad music we get oh, there. Yeah. And she has her whole thing, you know, uh, I'm too weird to be part of the cool kids here. Maybe her concern don't get a ton from Tori, but it's those four people. And I start right. with that because, you know, that's where we're, it's going to be one of those four. It felt like as we went on, that was going to be going home. Tori wins immunity. So take her off the board. Marianne does something interesting, sacrificing, uh, sitting out of that challenge, maybe buys her some votes. We can get into that later. And then it comes down to Chanel and Romeo and Chanel, all, um, obviously getting voted out last night, six votes, couple on Romeo. Romeo throws yeah. his, his one on high, which was fascinating, but, uh, yeah, it was Chanel and Romeo. And do you think the decision from the tribe here was the right one? To get rid of Chanel, yes, I think so. I think she is or was the most uh, untrustworthy of all of them. I don't think that Marianne was ever in danger of going home. I think it was always between uh, Romeo, uh, but especially Tori and Chanel are definitely were on the bottom, have been on the bottom. And of course, Tori throws a wrench into everyone's plans by winning immunity, and we love to see that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, I will also say that I don't think that Marianne's uh, gesture of sacrificing herself for the rice, I don't think that would have held a lot of weight had Chanel or Tori not been available to be voted out. Um, I don't think that that's, that would have gone very far to be honest. Mm -hmm. In fact, it was probably, could be a strike against her, like, uh, you know, just trying to, you know, curry favor or whatever. Um, and I think she just gets on people's nerves and, and I, I, I don't understand why they keep playing this, the, the sad music every time she feels sad about being left out. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I get it. I like, uh, she's a sympathetic character in, yeah. in a, in a way, but also, she can be annoying and and that's just you know something that you have to come to terms with when you're playing a game where your social game matters um but all that to say that uh Chanel was the right choice i think uh and i'm i wonder Tass mentioned the editing earlier 
how much of the editing how how in danger was Romeo of actually going or was it just to spice up uh, right. an otherwise very obvious vote uh, across the board the most surprising thing to me was how surprised Chanel was coming back to tribal the the from the previous tribal council and just being shocked that she was so far on the outs yeah. um, after such an awkward performance the 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 episode before yeah chanel the target and obviously goes home but yeah we got this whole edit task like that romeo was just so paranoid that it was starting to piss people off and i was like you know what uh and omar was like let's just get rid of him we don't want this we want we have this big alliance things are going pretty smoothly right now people like him trying to stir up things that's not good for our game and they talk about possibly getting rid of him. But I think Mike screwed it all up because he had totally. this personal grudge against Chanel and he <laughs> wins out in ultimately having her go home. He's like, no, 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 we're doing this because she once voted for me, even though Mike voted for her too. Strangest part of that whole thing. But right. yeah, what, what's your sort of take on the on task, especially Chanel, how she played it was like, I'm just going to sit back and not really scramble and talk to everybody and like try and get, you know, flip this or whatever. Like she's like, I'm going to, just sort of, I don't know, was she just tired? <laughs> or is that just sort of her demeanor? Uh, where Romeo does the opposite, and he's like, uh-uh. She's not doing anything, which means it's probably me, and then he's panicking, and it almost, I guess it almost backfired, if you believe the edit. Yeah, I believe the edit, because how many votes did he get, did Romeo get? Three, I believe, he got in the end, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, I guess this is a tactic that every sort of big alliance uses, but they... Do they generally always say, okay, we're going to put most of our votes on one person, but still throw a couple on somebody else just in case there's an idol out there? That usually happens. Yeah, and I would add to that now, these two seasons that you've seen, you got this whole, you can you can go to um, this the, shot in the dark, the shot shot in the the dark, dark. right? So, you know, you want to try and blindside everybody because if they're so convinced that they'd be going home, they'd be like, well, why wouldn't I, I guess, take the shot in the dark? Yeah. But yeah, yes. well, I do. So I do think yeah, Romy had three votes, uh, and I think obviously he's got something going on with High, where you know that alliance is uh, split. Uh, High is there's there's a he's got an eye twitch when he says something, and, and maybe it was the car line, but also uh, he also said in the tribal, if you're gonna go around being paranoid, then you're not in the group. And then his eye twitched. So mm. I don't know if that pays that's off tell. a little bit later. Mm. Yeah, it's his tell. Mm. That's definitely his tell. Uh, I, I think, yeah, the, I mean, Romeo almost spoke his elimination into existence. And, and I'm, I'm buying that edit yeah. part because Drea didn't say it just this one time. She said it multiple times. She says, quote, he's paranoid like a bitch. Yeah. She, she, <laughs> she said it this week and she said it before. Yeah. You don't, you don't mess around with Dre. Now, I don't know if she's doing a little too much. You know, we'll get to the whole yeah. painting thing. Maybe she's putting her, making herself a target. Uh, but uh, I, I do think that Romeo, um, yeah, he, he took the wrong route. Uh, I, I think the editors uh, maybe added the Romeo angle a little bit more than than it was actually a, a part of the tribal vote but uh chanel was definitely the number one but romeo definitely made himself a number two and i, and I am buying that to, to some degree because i don't think three votes would have happened i mean he really obviously got under high skin uh he did get under drea's skin yeah uh, even omar um omar said it as well so I, you know I, I don't i don't think the editor's I don't think their editors are dubbing that audio. I mean, he's pissing no, people off. Yeah, and I, I think that's like, so I'm interested, like, you, you think Chanel was the right call, JD, but like, I guess the counter is, 
you know, who do you want to, to keep around, right? The person that's like pretty content on doing nothing and just like hanging by the yeah. fire and not have the you know, scurrying off into the into the woods and down to the beach to talk to everybody or someone like Romeo who's doing exactly that and trying to th- like like just is paranoid one because he'll do anything to stay in the game it's like i could see why you might go if you're high and omar and all these guys like well, maybe we should just get rid of him because he's more of a headache down the line where she she appears pretty pretty cool with doing nothing right, <laughs> uh, we don't right. need to be worried about her though of course mike was enough still right i mean her line of uh, uh i'm playing chess and they're playing checkers I don't know about that. I think you might be playing checkers and everyone else is playing chess, but maybe. uh, But I think that her point was that we're we're playing completely different games over here. Like, uh, and honestly, if that strategy had worked, I mean, we've never seen that. I don't think Uh, if somebody who's on the bottom and just, you know what, I'm just going to chill and I'm not going to scramble. Normally what we'll see is a, a confessional of somebody saying, Hey, I'm on the bottom, but I'm not done fighting. I'm going to fight right to the end, and I'm going to stir up as much shit as I possibly can. And I think from Romeo's point of view, that's exactly what he was doing. It just kind of backfired. He just failed to read the room, and Chanel was able to read the room, and maybe she understood that if I do try to scramble and try to you know, upend things and cause chaos, that's actually going to work against me with this particular crowd of people. Mm. I mean, that's... That's part of the social game, I guess. Or maybe, you know, I mean, I would have been shocked and delighted if she had stayed for doing not like just basically chilling out and staying calm and basically ch- playing chicken with uh, Romeo. That yeah. would have been amazing. But uh, when she ended up going, that's why I was like, OK, this was maybe laid on a little bit thicker than it was. Sure. Not to say that Romeo didn't dig himself a hole uh, because he definitely did. But, you know, you know how these editors are. They'll they'll lean into certain things and uh, they won't tell us. I mean, and p- part of the reason that I think that Mike wanted to keep him was because he said right to his face on screen, you're not going. Look at me. You're not going. And I think that he even tried to say that to Jonathan when, or was it Jonathan? It was Jonathan when they're walking in the woods. And he's like, hey, I'm not changing my vote. You change, you know, let, let's keep keep it the way it is. Because I pro- he starts saying, I told him that he was staying. And and I don't want to vote. I don't want to vote for Romeo. So there's that as well. Yeah. I mean, I like that at least Romeo sees the landscape here. He just got back from a vote that he was not included in, so he knows he's on the out. So, like, you know, whether his paranoia got the best of him, this is what he needs to do. He needs to, like, find the crack, blow something up, get the vote off him. Like, even if he's being told, it's not you, it's not you, it's not you, it's Chanel. Well, he's, he's smart enough to probably go, well, then it's me next week. Right. Or it's yeah. me the next vote, I mean, or it's me the vote after that. It's like, yeah, it's like there was four of us on the outs in that last vote. That means I'm in the bottom four of still, what, 10 or 11 people left. So, you know, he's uh, he's trying his best. And, and yeah, maybe it almost backfired for that episode, but maybe it'll work uh, moving forward. Well, we'll go to the um, immunity challenge here. We're going to jump all around in this one, but the immunity challenge slash let's make a deal with Jeff Probst, you know, uh, this was the second time in the episode talking to the camera, breaking the fourth wall. And he says, oh, I'm going to try and convince people to sit this one out, Tass. He's like, oh, you thought I was you thought I was crazy last time. Wait till you see this one. I'm going to get six people 
Uh, he didn't. Holy crap. He is not very good at this, if we're being honest. He, like, <laughs> caves so quickly on four people. He easily could have got five people. He probably could have got six people, if we're being honest. Yeah, but, but I, th- I think the crew, everybody else could have got it down to three if they really wanted. I don't yeah. think they were negotiating all that hard either. No, no, you're probably right. So, yeah, Probst is giving, if you want to sit out the immunity challenge, I'll give you this individual rice or... If we agree on a number of people to sit it out, you get a big bag of rice and, uh, you know, it'll last you for, what do you say, for four days and even longer if you... Four days if you're careful. You yeah, say, yeah, even longer if you're, if you're careful. Yeah. Uh, and this is where we get the Marianne part, um, where she decides she'll be one of the, f- the four people, which they ultimately agree on, uh, but they're still looking for a fourth. And I think it... Uh, who was it up at that point? It was... Omer becomes the fourth, but it was yeah. Marianne Lindsay who says she's just bad at that. And who, yeah. who's the other one I'm forgetting? Um, was it, it wasn't Drea, was it? Maybe it was. I can't remember. But no idea. Marianne does this whole <laughs> thing where she basically starts crying. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, she's tearful and I'll do this for the greater good of the tribe. But, you know, please remember it. <laughs> and, uh, right. and, and Jonathan says when they ultimately all decide to sit out, the four of them. I will make I will make it up to you. Yeah, that was weird, Tass. I thought that was just uh, it's like relax, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he he seemed very thankful at first. I think the first time he said, "I'll remember this," and 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 and, and then he said, "Yeah, uh, that he's thankful and that he wasn't going to vote them out." Yeah, and you know, like Mike, he did it. Uh, he stayed true to his word. There's some loyalty there. Did Marianne? know in the moment that she was crying fake tears or was she just emotional and she cried and then in the testimonial did she say i did that on purpose put that put that on my resume i i think it's that one i think she even said i'm an emotional person and uh, yeah i think there i think they were actually real tears of like oh my god we need food and all this and her she's weighing the decision of should she compete or not and then yeah, turned around maybe in the confessional and, and, and took some control of it. it that's, my, that's my best guess. It sounds like you think that task, J.D., you agree? I agree, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Which is, She's a crier, and that's fine. That's yes, fine. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, those are the ones that sit out, and it, it, it was, I, I, I did have it right. It was Drea, Lindsay, Marianne, and then uh, Omar were the uh, four that sat. And this is where they had to hold up the buoy there with the two rods on that narrow platform. High goes down instantly. Oh, oh man, man. So, yeah. God! Omer must have been like Jesus. Why didn't you sit this one out? Man? Yeah, God! Yeah. If you're gonna last one second, I could have lasted longer than that. Uh, then we got Roxroy and Mike going next. Uh, Romeo Falter. So the guys are uh, dropping here like flies. Chanel, Tori, and Jonathan are the last three up there. They stay up there for like a good ten minutes, I think. Probe says Chanel drops. Jonathan has a couple miraculous saves, uh, but ultimately he falls off. And yeah, Tori wins her second consecutive immunity. Uh, JD, I mean, this is t- we're Team Tory. I feel like uh, no buffs here after the rough, rough start to the season. But we we were like saying she's going to be here for a while, and she keeps yeah. uh, being the fly in the ointment. Yeah, and uh, shouts to her. I mean, that was very impressive to take down Jonathan like that. Although you you, you kind of have to worry about Jonathan in a challenge like this, where you have to keep your frame on top of a balance beam, and and he's just not built for it, and that's and that's fine. Oh, he finished um, second. No, I know, and that's amazing. That's great. I mean, I thought High would have done a lot better, but I think he just you know 
lost his balance. If you don't have your back. balance to start, then yeah, totally. you're screwed. I will say Tori's strategy of like holding the buoy very, very high was interesting. Mm-hmm. Like instead of more pressure to the side, like a lot of people were doing, she was almost like, she almost had it like balancing somehow on the sticks, I thought. Like yeah. Seemed, well, she won, so maybe that's the Definitely better strategy works. moving forward, Tass. I don't know if you had I thought. So. I think yeah, so. Yeah, I thought that the delicate hold yeah. uh, was... Yeah, it was superior to Jonathan's direct, you know, sticking, you know, something into the sides of something. Like, yeah, the delicate hold is just smarter because then you didn't have to focus on your forearm strength. Yeah. Uh, you could just focus on the balance. But I, I was impressed. The, the recoveries from him were amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, totally. Had everybody going wow, and I believed all those wows. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and... Well, look, I, I think we can lay to bed immediately, JD, that he's not the greatest individual no. survivor. He isn't. He's because, and we said this: like, there's no way he was going to win outright because these challenges are generally not built for a tank of a man. Like, it's yeah. these are the ones he's going to struggle with. Now, is he the greatest challenge beast in team? Uh, you know, team challenges. He's probably. Because he can single-handedly carry them in, like, how many times has he done it? Four or five times, it feels oh, like? He single-handedly ch- saved the reward challenge. Uh, from Ro- Roxroy was uh, throwing up bricks on the <laughs> uh, the basketball thing. And he, he was in the water. And he was like, let me have a go. And he swam <laughs> out, got out of the water, and one, two, three, four in a row. Like, And Omar had it. He had it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that was amazing to watch. So, uh, you know, I mean, I just Jonathan think we- will go down as one of the all-time greatest. Oh, yeah. For, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. I think it's just like I am taking an Aussie, a Tyson, uh, yeah. Joe, like in these individual challenges, these like balancing and just like I, I just think uh, he's. He's, it's tough for a dude that big, probably. I mean, he's still got second, so he's obviously good at these, but totally. I, yeah. I don't think he's the greatest ever, I guess is what I'm getting at. But <laughs> yeah, um, in, in the team ones, he appears to be. A, yeah. lot of, a lot of foot shots of Tory. A lot of foot uh, shots. Hanging on. I, I know you're not a big nah. foot fan. <laughs> Seeing the dirty feet there on the thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her balance was, uh, was meant to be a scene close-up. She did great. <laughs> Um, Absolutely, and I, <laughs> hey, but uh, and, but you mentioned Jeff breaking the fourth wall there. Yep. Honestly, they've they've mastered it at this point. Oh, you it, like them? I, I like them this season. There's, you come in, you either tell us something about the game, or tell us about your feelings or your plans, and then you get out. It's no, it doesn't feel gratuitous anymore. It doesn't feel particularly like it's. A, hey, I'm Jeff, and I want to be on the show more. You know, yeah. it's like he came in, he told us about the hidden immunity challenge. He told us how disappointed he would be if nobody found the hidden immunity challenge. And I also liked on the other challenge, knowing what his strategy was going into the negotiation. I'm going to settle for four. I'm trying for six. Let's see what happens. And it was just made it that much more enjoyable. And I. I'm with you, Tass. I was disappointed, too, that he settled for four, but uh, <laughs> I don't think he was getting more than four I, because, you know, Omar was so reluctant to yeah. to uh, right. volunteer. But uh, anyways, I really, really enjoy the fourth wall breaking this season compared to last season. 
Yeah. Well, maybe that's just because you're a little more used to it. And mm. like you said, they've streamlined it a little bit more. I will say, I don't think it was needed for the negotiation one at all. No. Why did he need to tell us that he was going to fuck up his negotiating? Like, he was like, I'm going <laughs> he for six. He, he did, though. He did. He said, I... He said, I'm, ta- I'm going to settle for four, which is what he did. Well, Tass is right. He could have got, he probably, if they were good, they could have got him down to three. Uh, he would have taken anything, let's be he honest. W- no, he would not have, he wouldn't have, after telling us he was going to take four and his <laughs> limit was four, there's no way he I was guess. Gonna- I, I, I don't think that one was needed. I, the, the, you know, breaking of the fourth wall and talking to us, I, I just thought it, like, it could have kept it. We just didn't need mm. him to, like, set it all up. But I did like the one where, like, okay, were hiding this advantage under the bench. They didn't yeah. find it in 41. He was like a disappointed dad. He was like, he yeah. could, you know, if they don't find this one, I'm just ending this show here. Uh, I, I like that one. I thought that one was pretty good um, before they came in. And actually, let's, uh, let's go to that one now because the knowledge of, uh, you know, of power, it, it's back in our lives. And uh, if you don't remember, I mean, Tass does because he saw it, that was the power that Liana had last season mm-hmm. where... You can ask a player publicly if they have an idol, and if they do, they have to hand it over. <laughs> Which, <laughs> this is an entire game built on deception, but uh, got to tell the truth on this one, because I've got the knowledge, <laughs> and it's powerful. Um, she tried it on Xander uh-huh. in 41, but they had found out that that was likely going to happen, and Xander had given it to Tiffany, if you remember, his idol to uh, safekeep and stuff like that. So then it blew up in Liana's face. So th- Now, they all sort of knew about this, the knowledge is power, whereas this one is different right now because Drea is the only one knows that this is in the game, JD. Like, this, yeah. is a, this could be an incredible like WTF moment here. Where she just suddenly takes somebody's idol or asks for it, and they're like, "Oh, you got to give it to her," <laughs> and oh, they're going to be like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and it's pretty—you're pretty certain that she's not going to tell anybody that she has it because she could very well forget about it because of listing off all of her embarrassment of riches yeah. and just be, "Oh yeah, I have this other weird thing." where I can ask anybody for an idol at any time. So, uh yeah, I mean, I it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool to see her take an idol away from either Mike or Marianne. uh or Marianne or somebody. Probably Marianne, I guess, when she when they're ready to vote her out and she'll just be like, "Hey man, I'm going to unless she makes the mistake of telling Omar or somebody." Yeah. No way. I, you don't think she will? I I don't know. She'll, she'll she'll give it away that she's got this this advantage this particular advantage i don't think that, she will either i'm with tass i think it's so great she so has so many though. things that she can elect she has already shared some information that she has some things exactly yeah but oh, but okay. yeah um well the amulet well of the amulet holders know uh, yeah. they all know obviously and that and one she, is that one is mike and uh mary uh, no it's high yeah. and Lindsay, the amulet one Right. Oh, that's a different one. But she has told people in her alliance that she had the extra vote, JD. Right. Which, again, perfect, fine, extra yeah. vote, whatever. Like, obviously, you can use it to the alliance's advantages. But then, yeah, keep everything else. Keep these, like, real powerful things under wraps. I yeah. hope. I'm with Tass. I actually think she won't tell anyone about this one. But uh, she also then has an idol, too. <laughs> she has. People are saying she has the most, like, weapons, advantages anyone has ever had at one time. Wow. In her, 
you know, in, in her bag, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I think that's correct. This is she really has four things. Just, well, I mean, in in other contestants and other seasons defense, this might be the most advantages ever in a game, right? I mean, there are so many out mm-hmm. there, uh, all in play, all at once. I, I can't remember other than 41 where this happened. I mean, it, it's a lot. It's a lot to keep track mm. of. It, it is. What did you think, Tass, of the twist to this one? Because it was a beware advantage that she finds under the bench. You know, it's like there's consequences to this. And I guess what it was is you're going to be dipping your hand into a, you know, a, a vat of red paint and you're going to get this, but then uh, you got to maybe have to cover up uh, your, your trails and get caught red-handed there. Oh, I love that. And, of course, Tori sees this and it catches on somehow. What do you think of that? Brilliant, Tori. Tori, very, very perceptive, number one, to see that. And then number two, the backpack. She There's the shot of Drea had her backpack on her lap yes. because she was yes. she was paranoid that people were seeing it. And so, J.D., you might be right that, that she will spill the beans eventually. She's got to get rid of that backpack because it's just causing her problems, I think. I know she's got to store stuff places, but she seems to be storing it fine in her shorts, deep in her shorts. Every time she puts that beware advantage in her shorts, where is she going? Is she going (laughs) underwear or just shorts? Because she's going deep in the queue. Uh, I have no idea where she's going. That's so, but... Yeah, I don't know I where I think she... you have some idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but right in her sacks. Yeah. Right. But uh, I, I question it because why would she be so worried that people would see it if it was in her underwear? Because uh, she's covering it with her backpack. Like if it's in her shorts, that's when you would put the backpack on. Anyways. Well, didn't reading... Tori say that uh, she's got something in her pants? Yeah. Yeah, that's what she I said. I mean, she saw it in her pants, and that's the reason she had her backpack on her. Yeah on her yeah. uh, her front there um and her it was in her pants presumably because her backpack is full of advantages no. there's no room for <laughs> I mean, for this big, new beware thing it's a mistake it's a mistake that she didn't wash off that paint like how, how i think she should have went with the blood angle yeah don't you like she gets asked about it and says paint and yeah they got paint but like yeah. it hasn't been opened the flag has, yeah. like, not even been touched. And it's like, that's what Tori was like, huh? Paint? Mm-hmm. But it's, like, do they even have red paint? We don't even know. I guess they probably do. But yeah. I think she should have went, oh, yeah. Like, just went, oh, blood. Yeah. And then, like, do the, like, oh, crap. Like, let me go get that off. Right. I think it would have worked right. a lot better than the paint. Because then you just, yeah. like, you just, there's a bunch of follow-up questions to that. In my- <laughs> well, it worked for a high. Yeah. What's that? Blood? Yes. He's covered in blood, and that was the last we ever heard of it. All right. you have to do is say, yes, I'm bleeding. Yeah, I think you just go, it. oh, damn, yeah, I, I'm, I did fall or something, right? And yeah. then just run to the water and wash it off then. Uh, but Hey, man, you're, you're put on this spot, and uh-huh. you're already paranoid. I mean, you know, even if nobody can see that it's in her pants, although we know Tori sees it in her pants, yeah. even if nobody can see it, you know it's there, so you're like, oh, totally. uh, I'm feeling paranoid. Uh, I'm bulging where I shouldn't be bulging or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, and then she gets called out for the paint or for, you know, for, yeah, for the paint and she's sitting next to paint and I don't know, like it was just a spur of the moment. I have to answer something and, you know, it's either 
Paint or blood? Paint or blood? What's more plausible? I guess I'm going with paint. Unfortunately, they hadn't painted anything yet. The the paint looked pretty much unopened. So uh, I don't know. It's just uh, you were put on the spot and you really have no idea what you're going to say. You know? No, for sure. Um, As for the actual reward challenge in this episode, are you a fan, JD, of them doing the random rock draw for teams? Or do you wish they did the old... You know, playground, schoolyard draft, yeah. yeah, the schoolyard pick. Uh, which, which, because then you see where people sort of alliances lie, and so, oh, yep. this is where I am in the pecking order. You know, it's yeah. a little more out there. But this they just go straight up random, and Marianne pulls the great rock, and Drea switches out because she doesn't like PB and J, which was, uh, yeah, and it worked out in her favor, I guess, in the end. <laughs> yeah, totally. I me- I totally missed the schoolyard pick. And it's exactly as you say, you're picking based on your alliance uh, sometimes or sometimes you just want that PB and J. So, Jonathan, get over here, man. Right, right. And then also the person who doesn't get picked, presumably the least popular player, they got to crack at that advantage. Sure. Which is, uh, uh, you know, another sort of a nice little uh, uh, flying in the ointment, if you will, uh, for, for that person to have access to this new beware advantage, which is a big one, right? The, yeah. That's the steal a, steal a thing. Or yeah. What is it? Truth is power. Truth is power. What? What's it called? That's what she got. That's what she got. It's called truth is power? I thought it was called what, knowledge what? is power. Oh, knowledge is power. Yeah, yeah. but I don't power. even know Whatever. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's pretty damn powerful. Uh, Very. We'll, we'll see how, uh, how it plays out. Um, yeah, well, Tess, what are your thoughts on that? Like the random rock drawer, do you think they... And they've done this in, in many seasons prior, and they and I guess they switch back and forth at times, but like the idea of like you draw rocks for the captains and then the captains pick their teams because this is just a reward challenge, right? You know, they're playing for food here. Um, but what do you think? That's way more exciting way more intriguing it's pretty anticlimactic to see people pick rocks yeah uh i don't know are they trying to save people's feelings like the I, yeah, like the I nba all-star draft like <laughs> you don't want to be picked last i i think that? a little bit i think uh, i think i heard rob talk about when they've done the old pickums that it does they start to become the same teams over and over and over again right. like so you get maybe a little tired this is of course like mm. complete random yeah there might be some truth to that. I, I like just like, I think you just sprinkle it in here and there. You just mix it totally. up back and forth. Some You don't know what you're going to do. You're going to draw a bunch of rocks and totally random or we'll do the schoolyard pick. I hope they don't go away from it totally. Cause I, it's also, we don't get, we don't get a reward challenge every episode anymore. No, no. So, so why not just do the schoolyard pick them? It's a, it's time consuming. Maybe that's why as well. Right. Yeah. Because but they yeah, never even like would show us generally. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, okay, here are the, here are the teams. Yeah, which I guess then you could argue like, well, what's the point then? They're not even right. showing us the order people went and stuff like that. Um, do you think Drea ultimately let Marianne compete because she saw her tribe? It <laughs> <And> was like, <laughs> there's no way we're winning this. Uh, her tribe was Romeo, Omer, uh, Lindsay, and High, and then she was the fifth. And then she's like, nah. Or do you believe her task that she actually just doesn't like PB and J and was like, I don't really want that. <laughs> or maybe she's thinking even next level, like maybe there's an advantage, which she obviously looked for. Well, there's, yeah, that's, there's definitely a good chance that she skipped out because she saw her, her group. And yeah, and that point about the teams ending up being the same, if they did use the, the schoolyard picking, I mean, that makes sense because after the challenge, Omar said, 
uh, yeah, I think it was it was Omar saying like, "Well, I mean, we did pretty good." It, yeah, it, they did. Yeah, yeah. they were Basically, happy. Yeah, they, they were happy that they lost because they knew that their team was far worse. So, mm-hmm. Drea, I, 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 she's she's a great player. So I I think she could be fooling me with that. Uh, she could also be fooling everybody with the I don't like peanut butter and jam bullshit. <laughs> Not to say that she doesn't like peanut butter and jam, but she doesn't like chips. Yeah, that's what I said to us. <laughs> half of it is chips. Or you either get half of something you like, chips, or you eat sand. I mean, pick one. So why wouldn't she pick chips? I don't get it. So maybe I, maybe I, she knew I, that bench had something over there. I have it written in my notes in all caps lock. What about chips? <laughs> what are your thoughts on chips? Because I don't even love PB&J all that much. I think uh, nah. out there on the island, yeah, I'm sure I would eat that. I would enjoy that very much. But uh, chips, hell yeah. But I thought that there was uh, it was the perfect 420 uh, reward challenge food like peanut butter and chips like peanut butter and jelly and sandwiches and chips I've I've never heard of that combination outside of Survivor and it happened to fall on 420 I mean like hmm. the stoners were just like loving like going oh my god I gotta I need some peanut butter and chips right now could you <laughs> imagine JD it was my ultimate stoner snack that uh, Jeff Probst offered oh, up oh yeah graham crackers <laughs> Brie cheese and ketchup <laughs> chips together. You stoners will love this. I'm telling you guys, try that. It's amazing. It's wild. Graham cracker, brie cheese, and a ketchup chip. Oh, it hits it all. Um, yeah, throw some some Tostito chips with Nutella in there. That would be my oh, stoner what? snack. Oh, my get them, God. Get them to pick between the two. But Danielle was watching with me, yep. and uh, Mike said... While he was eating the, the peanut butter and jam, he said, oh, they didn't skimp out on the peanut butter or the jelly. And then Daniel's like, ah, oh, he's my kind of guy. And oh. she was looking at the bread and it was an artisan. It looked bread. nice. Yeah, yeah good looking yeah. bread. Yeah, looked like a good sandwich. Uh, although Jonathan said, uh, you know, I need, I need food. I need, uh, you know, my 6,000 calories or whatever he eats. <laughs> it's going to help me. But the guy's killing it. The guy's killing it. Everybody else needs it, Jonathan. You're just, he's, he's just smoking man i i don't i don't know how you compare him in the uh, in the history of the game but man that guy oh it's guy. what's amazing is that he's a dude that big but then he's like incredible in the water and yeah. i th- you know he's oh just it's just like there's do you see there's like just one throwaway shot i think it's at the end of the challenge where they're going to commercial and it's him doing like the perfect <laughs> the, like uh dolphin kick dolphin in the, kick in yeah. the water after the challenge <laughs> man amazing. oh my god oh then well, like he dove like the swan oh, like just the most beautiful gorgeous. looking dive into the water <laughs> this guy's incredible he's a god oh i did see somebody in the live tribe i do f- apologize i don't know who it was but mm-hmm. someone said that he was a swimmer at yeah. bama yeah, I think he, that he, is he right. At school. And he worked at like a, doesn't it always say he works at like a beach club, yeah, some, basically? Yeah, some He must have been a lifeguard thing. at some point. Like, I oh, mean, yeah. the guy's, oh, the guy's There's incredible. There's Ian Stewart. He was a collegiate swimmer at Bama, right. apparently. There yeah, it is. You yeah. can tell. Yeah, you <laughs> can absolutely tell. Like, to bring them back, like, kudos to that tribe for keeping it close. And one more drops and they win uh, if Omer can hit it, but... Um, just him even like Lindsay was hanging with him I think she's really good in the water oh, yeah. too uh, when, when there's that one shot where he's just pushing the buoy while he's like just swimming <laughs> yeah. it's like come Amazing. on man yeah cause... what about that strategy of having him go first uh, wouldn't you want the strongest person to go last I was yeah. wondering about that what about morale though I always I don't know that's yeah. a tough one that's a tough that's a good call 
it's you know the, in sprinting for sure yeah you want your fastest your best last to bring yeah. it home but uh anyway, i don't know there might be something to like if you have him giving you a giant lead <laughs> but he didn't either again Lindsay is very very athletic i think uh oh totally yeah was, she was, I was right killing there. it yeah, uh for sure also back to the pb and j how do you feel about licking the paper? What did Danny think about that? Uh, <laughs> he just wanted to, he wanted everyone to know I'm going to be licking the paper. Yeah, you got it. Why the hell wouldn't you lick the paper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Eat the paper. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, it might be. Maybe some nutrition in there. Um, yeah, it's really all I have from those challenges. Uh, you know, we already talked about the Drea thing and uh, the the caught. Well, what do you think, JD? The caught red-handed twist to that whole part, which is new. We've never seen that before. Uh, honestly, I love it. Yeah, and I it could have been way worse for Drea because I, I mean, they tried to illustrate just how high traffic the waterhole is. It's the most the most trafficked place on the island. Like you still have sure. eleven people there constantly getting water constantly congregating there to talk strategy or whatever like that's the meeting place of the entire tribe and it's diabolical for them to put a a can of red paint that looks relatively hard to wash off i mean she got most of it but but still i i just love that 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 whole and it says red-handed right in the the clue you might get caught and uh i thought it was great i you know a chef's kiss from me for the for that particular uh, twist. Uh, I just loved it. I wish she had gotten caught literally with all the red paint on her and tried to explain her way out of that. <laughs> would have been amazing. It would have been incredible. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see if we see more of Tori pressing her to like, uh, what do oh. you have? I mean, you would think so, right? <laughs> 100%. Yeah. 100%. That's or use it against her. I mean, she's going to be a target eventually. I mean... She has to be. She's she's way too powerful. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, she has the amulet. She has the idol. She has an extra vote, and now she has this knowledge of power advantage. This is Drea, of course, which is a whole lot. Mike and Marianne have the idols, and uh, yeah, you're right, JD. In theory, like moving forward here, I guess the play is to like, you know, steal it from them, person like right before either they're going to use it or just steal it and then play it right away too as as another option uh, just to get it out of there will it go back into the game I guess it depends when it would be uh, be actually played but we'll see she is she is loaded right now with weapons and (laughs) has kept some of them secret which I like and some some people know and and uh, I hope I hope I'm with you Tass I really like her I love Drea I love her she's great got a fascinating demeanor to her uh, is in a good spot right now. Obviously has all this stuff. Like she's sitting pretty, but just don't tell everybody everything. Please, please don't. Especially in these seasons where that's all everybody does. Well, um, let me ask you. Ask you. So ahead. after after Tori won the immunity, the first close up of the the people hanging out there they show is Drea because they're trying to build it up that Tori's coming for Drea. She knows about the paint. She so is that just uh, a build up or is. And also, you know, there's the testimonial from Drea. They cut to her interview uh, about, uh, or they they cut to her saying she wanted to vote out Tory. So they they put those together. Yeah. And then there was uh, Drea's evil laugh to end that. Clip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like. I think they may have. I think they may have edited her laugh. I think they may have like lengthened it. 
blown well, it out a little I bit. remember last episode, the two-hour episode, in the next time on Survivor, she dropped like a diabolical laugh. Yeah. Which I'm guessing was the same laugh that they ah. then just used the audio for when they were, yeah, going to break here. <laughs> so I, are they, I, are they yeah, playing that up or is it going to happen? I, I think that you're onto something here. I think what Tori is going to do, at one point she's probably going to not win one of these immunities, is going to be like one of the targets. And her best move will be to like, obviously scrounge up as many of the bottom feeders as possible, but then to also maybe go to the more elite players or people in the bigger alliance and be like, she's low, she's got these things here mm-hmm. and you're not going to win the game if she's around with all these things. Yeah, I think she's going to try and her best. I don't know if it'll work, JD, to like use the fact that Drea has all this stuff against her. But I don't know how much Tori knows that Drea has yeah. outside of this hypothetical, which she thinks she has and saw the bulge or whatever. And then maybe, and maybe I don't even know what else she knows. Maybe the extra vote, I guess. I don't know. Well, and the... Does she not have one of the immunity idols where she had to say a phrase? Is that That's what I thought she yes. had. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so everybody knows she has an idol. Right. The amulet people know that she has an amulet. She already told some of her alliance that she has an extra vote. I mean, if people start talking with one another, which is inevitable, especially if Tori starts stirring the pot, yeah, she yeah. could be in a lot of trouble because because of all the things she has, but also Tass, you're 100% right. Tori could definitely mess things up. And when, you know, she's she's very good at the bottom. Like she's, you know, causing chaos. And she wasn't even mentioned. Well, she she had immunity, but uh, I still think it would have been Chanel going home uh, if even if Tori hadn't won immunity. But uh, but yeah, she's she's good. She's a great shit disturber and we need her on the show. Mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Clark is asking here in the live tribe. Only the other two know about the amulet, right? Uh, this is the uh, like. So yeah. you were saying that Tori knows, but she doesn't know, right, JD? I, I don't think Tori doesn't. Tori doesn't know about the amulet, yeah. but High knows about it, and so does uh, Lindsay, of course. So, uh, so all Tori has to say is say, "Hey, you know she has all this stuff, right? right. I mean, she's she's being sus, and then." It's just a way of getting it. information gets out on Survivor, especially these days. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's people are going to find out. And also, you don't see this very often because people don't have this many uh, um, advantages all at once very often. But to see her have it like present all of them during her confessional, like I've got this and I've got this and I've got this and she can barely, barely. hold it. Yeah. It's like a bridge hand of 13, you know, like it's just falling out of her, all of the, uh, all of the advantages. So it's just shocking to see. And it's shocking to see out in the open. you want to go like, Oh my God. Like, I know you're in a confessional right now, but somebody could see, <laughs> you know, like, uh, it's going to come out. It's just, it, it, it is going to come out. Who did Tori already? Tori already said it to somebody that she has. Marianne. Yeah. To Marianne. She was like, I'm pretty sure I saw it and I think she's got it. And she had red paint on her. What the hell's up with that? Yeah. Yeah. Ian pointing out here in the live tribe, like, could there be a Tori, Romeo, Marianne, Omer? So that's Mm -hmm. the Go Train Alliance there that we've talked about. Yeah. And then like one other because they have an extra vote that Marianne has. So yeah. I mean, Yes, I don't think that's that far-fetched. I think the huge part of that equation is what does Omer do? Does he stay with this big alliance and he feels confident where he lies within that? Or when when or if he ever goes, no, I'm going to flip this game on its head. I think that's he's the, he's the fulcrum here, in my opinion. Yep. 
So yeah, there, there might be some truth to that. Uh, and speaking of him, the only thing else I have in my uh, notes here about this episode, and, and we'll get to tree mail later. You guys sent in some great questions on Twitter. Um, the, the connection that he has, Omer, with everybody, they played that up in this. You know, he's got, again, the big alliance, but then he has this personal connection, JD, with everybody on the bottom, really. He's... yeah. Uh, it's pretty amazing. I guess that can blow up in your face if everybody starts talking to each other, but uh, right now he's sitting in a pretty good spot, I think. Amazingly so. In fact, when he was you know, talking about how he had relationships with everybody and the way he was going to everybody, and I was nervous for Omar just because I thought, uh-oh, they're setting this up for him to go because... Right. You know, people don't take kindly to uh, players who play all sides, right? Uh, if they find out about it, um, but he seems to be masterful at it, and I love it. And God damn, it would be great if he won this game. I, <laughs> I, I would. I just. I every episode that we see of him, I just love him more. He had my favorite. My favorite moment of the uh, the episode was when. They're coming into the challenge, and and uh, uh, Jeff says something like, "Well, you guys are looking pretty skinny. Everybody's trimming down over there." And then Omar's like, "Well, thank you." You know, <laughs> like that would a hundred percent be me. I'd be like, "Really? Awesome! I haven't seen myself in a mirror." And you're saying I'm losing weight, Jeff Probes? Thank you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also had the great scene, Tass, of him and Mike. Uh, oh yeah, you know, you know, bonding over their you know different religious beliefs and stuff like that. I thought that was great. I think uh, it was it was positive, of course, for Mike, who's doing a great game, showing off an incredible social game, and and also Omar, I think too. Yeah, I thought uh, that was a real moment, the empathy between those two. And yeah. I, I know we have a question a little bit later on about whether Mike is. And maybe a little two-faced or playing at both sides, just having a social game. But I thought that was a real moment. Um, and yeah, a couple of the best lines from Mike in this episode for me, like a couple, a couple of the deepest lines where he was talking about him, Omar being Muslim and Mike, uh, you know, being a quote totally different religion, as he said. And then he said, in the end, you know, after talking to him for an hour, we ain't that different. Mm -hmm. And uh, later on, when uh, I think it was Romeo who was, you know asking everybody about his name being thrown out. He said, paranoia is a crazy thing. And uh, yeah, Mike just, Mike just killing it this episode with with some <laughs> uh, some one-liners. But I, I agree, Omar. Yeah, I don't know. It's almost too good to be true for me as a, as a newbie survivor guy. He It just seems like everything is going his way. Everything is perfect right, right now. Right, too I soon. Don't know. Yeah, yeah, too yeah. soon. Yeah, I don't I... know if, if this is... Uh, who was who was the character last year? It blew up in her face. Um, she was also uh, Canadian. Shan. Shan. Yeah. Shan. Uh, yeah. It's, it seemed not. You know, Shan was more on top, and Omar is different in that he's also with the bottom. But yeah. he's he's kicking ass. Uh, Mike really is so genuine. Like I think so. I don't think uh, it's yeah. an act at all. I know. Yeah, you're right. We have a question about him, but like he's just. It's so sincere. It comes across at least so sincere, and I, and I mean. It generally is always paired with him doing something and him appearing very sincere, and then the person that he was doing it with, like saying how sincere he is. So it's like they're buying it too. Uh, so it's not just coming across our television screens. Um, yeah, that's all I have, except one more thing. Weird line from Jeff Probst, JD, when he's <laughs> doing this whole like fourth wall break in and he's setting up, oh, we're going to play, let's make a deal. He says, quote, next season the monster might have a bigger appetite. 
What yeah. the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> well, he's <laughs> is he he's the making... monster? <laughs> yeah, I I think so. <laughs> I think so. I mean, it's so uh, it took it it really came out of left field yeah. because they really were marketing the monster at the beginning of last season. Yes. you know, coming into the season, and then we all just forgot about the monster. But it was, don't forget, this. it was still fresh for Jeff. So maybe he was still married to the monster thing, but uh, he didn't get the memo that the monster thing is not a thing anymore. We, we, we gave up on the monster. But maybe he, it's been Jeff Probst this whole time. I mean, how, and what does he mean by that? And by the way, Tyson definitely going on Survivor. He's on Survivor right now, right? Oh, you so Because okay. he is not on his podcast again. <laughs> He's playing pickleball, JD. <laughs> Why don't they say that then? Uh, so you're convinced there's going to be some returning players for uh, for 43. I, so I think so. Yeah. I think so. That's my that's my uh, that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. I mean, shout out to Riley McAtee over at the at the Ringer. He's yep. he's holding it down. He's holding it down without Tyson over there, but. Uh, He's got to be on Survivor. It's been 39 days almost, guys, that he's been gone, I think. It's been <laughs> four episodes, three, four episodes. Uh, we'll see. We'll uh, yeah. Back, back to this line. I don't know. Next season, the monster might have a bigger appetite. Yeah. The only thing I, I... So the only thing I can think of is, like, they made the season shorten, shorter because 39 yeah. to, what are we at, 26? Is it possible it's somehow even shorter? I, I don't know. Or this whole thing of like, we don't give you any food now. And they're going to make it even more difficult? I, I don't know what Probst is talking about here. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, this monster. Tass, any theories on <laughs> next season the monster having a bigger appetite? No, he, uh, he threw me for a loop because he was talking about the negotiation, right? And then at the end of it... Uh, I, I thought he was saying, you know, I'll settle for four, but you never know next next year or next season. Yeah, the monster might be even hungrier, as in, like, <laughs> I'll ask for more people. I or, guess so. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but I was I was confused. Uh, so I, I yeah, I, I, sometimes I like the test or the breaking the fourth wall. That at that point, the monster thing coming in. Not doing it. No, I wasn't buying it. I like the disappointed dad. Hey, you can't find the advantage. What's up with that? I planted it there. And then I thought that was well done. I guess they they probably do this a lot, but they overlaid Drea talking about finding the advantage as you were seeing her grabbing the advantage. Uh, And I guess it just didn't happen last year because there's somebody reaching down who couldn't find it on that uh, little bench support thingy. But yeah, that that was a good edit. I had a... I don't know. Jeff is just, you know, everybody else got to be on that island a long time. Jeff does too. He might be going a little bonkers <laughs> out right. there. So. Oh, I think so. Right. So Kevin says he interpreted uh, the whole monster line Monster line from Probes is that he wouldn't back down from negotiations as easily. <laughs> wow. There. I mean, you're pro- maybe. Uh, or, yeah, maybe he's trying to send a message. Hey, you future Survivor players... <laughs> Let's negotiate. I'm gonna be a beast out there, and you gotta yeah. bring it. Uh, maybe I could I could uh, see that as a, as a possibility. And everybody, a lot of people, JD saying Tyson is on the challenge. M- oh, MTV's the challenge. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's maybe why he's gone. And uh, right. maybe not on Survivor. Okay. Uh, let's take a first break. When we come back, we'll get into tree mail, and I'm sure I'll still talk a lot more about this episode. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? 
Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers. I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air-knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak Polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. Okay, back with no buffs here. Let's get into a little tree mail. Yeah, tree mail. Keep sending in your questions. At no dunks inc. Inc. I usually put a tweet up uh, on the night of Survivor or the next morning saying, hey, drop your questions here. So keep an eye out for that at J.E. Skeets. I retweet it from at no dunks inc. Too. Or you can uh, send in your questions by email to no dunks at the athletic.com. Throw Survivor in the, uh, in the subject header. Okay, first one from Sean. I actually got two that are sort of uh, about the same thing here. Sean, though, writes... If the favorite childhood foods reward was your guy's actual favorite childhood food, what would the survivors have been eating there last night? Grilled cheese with ketchup? Yeah, Sean knows me all too well. I love the show. My (laughs) wife and I look forward to each new episode. So, task get us started. If it was your favorite childhood Mm. food, what would you guys have been eating there? Uh, I hate to generalize it, but... uh... I did every cereal as a kid. I think it would be a cereal. I mean, wow. I did I did every 
every cereal, even the dry ass ones, e- even the mini wheats, even the life, even the Cheerios, not honey nut, not frosted. I wow. did it all. I could name them all, which got me thinking about Weedabix and why DJ Khaled doesn't have a sponsorship. Weedabix. Yeah? <laughs> why not? Uh, anyway, I guess I. Uh, cereal. Cereal. Can't be. Okay. All right, that definitely can take you back yeah. to your childhood days yeah. there, reading the back of the box, I'm sure. What do you got, J.D.? Uh, mine's very specific, and it's very specific to the Commonwealth. It would be chocolate digestive cookies <laughs> and hot tea with milk. Wow. Mm. Out on the island. Out on the island. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, I'm. Th- this is the ultimate food, comfort food for me from my childhood. Oh, yeah. Chocolate digestives, low-key the best <laughs> cookie ever, I wow. think. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to agree with that, but... Uh, no, hey, I, don't, I mean... You, you do. Better than the digestives. Better than the plain digestives. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think the digestives were good. I think they're an underrated I, cookie. I, I agree that they're good, but the chocolate, uh, they're almost salty, the digestives, and then the the chocolate, dark Mm. chocolate, milk chocolate, doesn't matter. A nice hot cup of tea with (laughs) milk. No sugar. Wow. I would be the only one sitting there. I would eat all of those cookies and everybody else would be like, what What are these? What is going on here? Amazing. Uh, my answer probably is grilled cheese with ketchup, uh, Sean. So you nailed that. I guess... You could talk me into some chicken fingers and fries too. I mean, that's a that's a favorite childhood meal. That's a favorite adult meal. Uh, <laughs> either of those, wrong with either of those two. Yeah, chicky tendies. <laughs> let's go. Uh, this one uh, from Doug, who's always got a great question or two here on No Buffs, but uh, he had a different way to tackle this whole thing where they were celebrating uh, the PB and J. Doug wrote, "What's a food reward?" That would make you say, nah, I'm good, like Drea did with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So the opposite task, if you're out there and you're like, you hear what Probe says, you're like, I don't really like that. I don't care to compete in this. Somebody else take my spot. What would it be? Oh, my God. I I don't think there would be anything. Nothing? <laughs> yeah. Like some seafood I'm not a huge fan of, I guess. But <laughs> okay. I don't like mussels and brussels like Lee Ellis. I'm not a big mussels person. Okay, mussels. So mussels, yeah, that's fine. I guess. I would, no, I would eat them. I You'd would happily eat them. Yeah. them. It'd probably come with some bread, and I'd be a happy guy. But uh, yeah. J.D., you're in the same boat? Uh, no. Uh, well, I mean, if I had to, if strategically it looked good for me not to do it like Drea did, uh, you're going to think I'm crazy, but pizza. Oh, come on. I, w- I would be fine with not having pizza. And in fact, whenever they have pizza on Survivor, it looks really gross to yeah, me. Yeah, it looks even, like Even when they go to Ponderosa and they order pizza, give me a pizza, I'll, I gotta have my pizza. <laughs> They'll, it always looks gross to me. And uh, the, the only problem is that they usually will pair it with beer. Like, yeah. Bre- Probes will go... Some pizza, and I'll, and I'll be like, meh. And some ice-cold beer. Yeah, like, in. Then uh, that's the chips, right? The yeah. PB&J and yeah. chips. And that's that's what would uh, hook me in. But uh, I could live without pizza. I, I would be like, no, you guys go ahead. And I look like such a hero because everybody's like, are you crazy? Pizza is the greatest food ever. I'm like, it's cheese and dough, man. Call me when it's a burger or a wing. <laughs> uh... 
I would go with, I see Sarah picking one of my answers. Tuna sandwich, I'm out. No Ooh, thanks. Somebody okay. else go. Or an egg salad sandwich. I, uh, oh, interesting. I'm not, not a fan of the mayo. So uh, I, I would gladly sit those out, uh, <laughs> those type of sandwiches. <laughs> but maybe, you know, easy for me to say right now. You're out there. Maybe you would eat absolutely anything. Like they're eating bugs oh, right yeah. out loud. Uh, all right. Our next one from Austin. Drea has turned into Thanos. But in Endgame, spoiler alert here, okay? Plug your ears. Thor kills Thanos. Mm. They're my two bets to win this. Who? (laughs) Thor (laughs) and Thanos are going to win Survivor? Uh, I think uh, Thor is Jonathan, Yes, uh, Yes, that's exactly what uh, Austin's getting at here. If Drea does end up winning this game, does she go... To the Kim Spradlin Wolf tier, one of the greatest female winners of all time and was on Winners at War. If Jonathan wins, does he surpass Ben and Tom as the most dominant physical winners? JD, why don't you get us started? I know there's two parts to that. Well, really three if you have an opinion on the Drea as Thanos and Jonathan as Thor, I guess, angle of it all. <laughs> I love I love the analogy for <laughs> yeah. sure. I mean, we've called him Thor this whole time. And so what, like Drea's that, got all the uh, Infinity Stones? She's got all stones? the Infinity Stones, yeah. yeah. Okay. She just snaps her finger and, and half half of the tribe, <laughs> half the tribe will be gone. Oh. Really? That'd be crazy. Um, yes, I think that, I think both of them, well, definitely Jonathan is in the Hall of Fame of Challenge winners already, but if he goes on to win the game, yeah, move over Ben and Tom because I think we got a we got a new a new superhero in town. Yeah. And uh yeah, Kim I I remember Kim as a dominant player. I mean, was, we're going way back. This is like one world, right? Like yeah. that's yeah. that's like 10 years ago. Um I don't know if you can compare the games because they're Oh, different eras. What's that? Different eras. It's a different game. It's a different era, exactly. Exactly. Um yeah, it, the amount of uh, the amount of power that she's wielding in this game is very impressive. So yeah, I mean, recency bias, I'd say sure. Uh, move over, Kim. Okay. Um, any thoughts on that task, or you want me to go to the next one here? Well, I I, I am reminded this is my third season because I did watch Winners at War and last season as well. All right. So you've seen so, 40, and Kim, 41, Kim, and forty two. Yeah, because Kim was yeah. on that was on Winners at War, and, and I, I wanted to bring this guy up to you guys because. Yeah, this is my yeah third season, but my my only true season is season forty one because Winners at War. It's a different yeah, you know, it's just a different yeah, games to yeah, some sure, degree, yeah. and so it's my season forty one is mine. It's my precious. It's my first one in, in, in my eyes. Yeah, uh, we got a comment here from Tara V, yeah. uh, which kind of uh, belittles the breaking of the fourth wall, and then she says. I don't need the callback to the train wreck of season 41. Mm, wow. Strong. What was wrong with season 41? <laughs> like, I didn't personally like the fact, and I know you guys cover it uh, with Jason Concepcion at the end there, that Erica wasn't featured throughout the whole year, and she just wasn't She just wasn't featured a lot, and she ends up winning the thing. Right. Uh, but a train wreck? Strong. Mm. Strong take. I, is it a train wreck? What Would no. you go... A train wreck is harsh. There's a lot of twists yeah. and things that I wasn't the biggest fan of. Have they worked better? The same things for the most part, maybe tweaked a little bit in 42? Yes, but I think a big part of it is like we as the audience don't need our hand held as much right. uh, because we know sort of what the game is now. Uh, but yeah, the 42 is right now beating 41. I think JD would agree with that. And, and a oh, big part of it yeah. is also the cast is better. 
what it I think the cast is better and I think that they learned from their mistakes and yeah the, the, I think I, you know Tara you're right we don't need the, the fourth wall to be broken we get enough Jeff at uh, Travel Council and whenever <laughs> he shows up I, I, I w- will agree with you there but uh, if he's going to do it I like it to be done judiciously and I like it to be have a, a purpose for it which in a way that that added to why Tara is seeing 41 as a train wreck is because it it seemed to be just out of nowhere they seemed to be tap dancing a lot and I think that was because they knew they had a shorter window of time. It was 29 days instead of 39 days or 26 days instead of 39 days. They wanted to make it as compelling as possible. And I think they also knew that they had all these weird ideas that they wanted to try. And they were like, well, fuck it. Let's do it in this season because uh, we have to throw everything at the wall to see if it sticks because we're still in a pandemic and we don't know if this is going to work or not. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you're coming on the heels of season 40, like winners at war, only right. winners playing. Like this yeah. thing that, you know, Survivor fans have been like longing for for basically a decade. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the time to do it, to get crazy, to try. I think some worked, some didn't. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, even even the worst season of Survivor still some of the best television there is. JD knows that. I agree. Um, I agree. All right, next one here from Brian. Mike is sneaking up my list of winner favorites. He keeps being shown building these strong relationships tied to a confessional from the other person's point of view saying how much they like him. I think he's more methodical than the rest of the tribe realizes. So, Tass, you were teasing this one, and there it is. Do you agree with Brian? Or what's your take really on Mike and his chances to win this game? I'm buying the uh, prideful loyalty type of uh, dude that Mike is. I think that's genuine. I think that's real. I don't think he's got this scheme in the back of his head maybe i'm undercutting him a little bit but no he he's he continuously says i'm going to vote this person i've got the is it is it too much of a grudge he hold too much of a grudge against chanel i think jd you said that it kind of hurt him in the end that it would have been a good idea to get off romeo when they could uh but Mm. uh at the same time the more you also said that uh you know chanel came into the episode saying, you know, I'm behind in the social game. And then by the end of it, she was saying the same thing. She didn't know what she, she wasn't a player. She doesn't, doesn't belong on this program. And uh, I I think it was a good move by Mike to get her off. And, and he stayed true to his word. I think he's making some damn good relationships that he's going to hold on to uh, even beyond uh, this season. So I, I, I think he's just who he is, I think. And, and, you know, he's a great character. JD, what do you think about Mike's totally chances? Agree. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think he's. Uh, I mean, I've been pumping up Mike since the beginning. I've always liked the guy. He is uh, an incredible social player. I do think that he's genuine. Part of the part of the reason is that he is such a genuinely curious guy. He seems to like people. Uh, we were loving the 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 bro down between him and uh jonathan in in a way that it was completely non-toxic it was just like just two guys just respecting each other and he seems to have a three a final three pact with high and jonathan which is very interesting to me uh and romeo being voted out did not fit in with their plans. He specifically brings that up when he's talking to the three of them, mm-hmm. or the two of them, I should say. The three of them are talking about potentially doing Romeo. Romeo uh, 
it didn't work for Mike, and he explained his reasons why to high one of the most powerful players in the game. I think, uh, I think that he's, I think he's a very savvy player. Uh, I think he's very powerful. Just, just in the fact that they're like, uh, we want to vote out Romeo. And he's like, yeah, I don't think so. And then he changes it all back to Chanel. So, yeah, I think he can go far. I think he can win this game. Do you think? History could repeat itself here because I just realized why did why did Romeo vote for High last night? Yeah. You know he puts his one vote on him. Could that come back to haunt him? Not that he wasn't on the outs, of course, already, but like <laughs> Chanel voting for Mike, ironically, you know, gets this huge target on her back from the Mike, even though Mike voted for her, and the exact same thing happened here. And like, what do you think went down here, JD, with him? Like what? I don't. I don't even get what Romeo's sort of thinking here. Yeah, I don't either. And I didn't actually see that that he had voted for yeah. him because, fucking Paramount Plus, man. Oh boy. As soon as it goes oh to that, as soon as it goes to that thing, the the credits start rolling. It goes into this tiny box, and I got to see Julie Chen's face going. Hey, watch the first season of Big Brother. I don't even know which season of Big Brother they want me to watch, man. And I'm just like, <laughs> don't try, watch it. Whatever you do, click back. Yeah, no, <laughs> Big Brother, get out of here. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, that is a, that's surprising to me. Um, yeah, there's so much that they don't show us. This show should be two hours every week. <laughs> oh boy, that's oh what boy. I say. Not during the playoffs. I was happy with an hour uh, <laughs> last night. I'll tell you that. I watched it this morning. Uh, all right, this is a good one from Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. Uh, are you surprised that Rox got no pushback from the Alliance for telling Romeo that his name was being considered? I understand why Roxroy is someone you want to take far into the game, but it seems dangerous to the big group that he has no filter. Uh, JD, we'll start with you on this one. Yeah, there didn't seem to be much blowback to that. No. <laughs> well, so is that just, they're just like a classic rocks. I mean, yes, probably. And I think that they are bringing Rocks Royal along in part because I don't think anyone thinks that he could win. And also, let's not forget that it was actually Tori that spilled the beans that Rocks Roy was uh, was mentioning. And she didn't even say that he mentioned Romeo's name. All she said was that Roxroy had mentioned that other people were mentioning Romeo's name, and then Romeo went to to get to the bottom of it. And Roxroy, who's a you know who is a straight up guy, said, "Yeah, I heard people throwing at your name. I mean, that's he. It's not really a huge sin to be called on something and then basically tell the truth about it. Sure. I mean, uh, let's not forget that it was Tory trying to stir up shit and 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 feed into Romeo's paranoia yeah. which she did incredibly well so you know that's the advantage of being at the bottom you can do stuff like that and there's no blowback on her and then Roxroy has to basically you know uh do damage control but he also can't lie or he chooses not to lie for some reason um I don't know why he wouldn't just say, no, I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, I can't to do it. That's not who he I is, know. J.D. I know. Tass, what do you That's think of Roxroy? Yeah, what do you think of him <laughs> and his run here through these episodes? I, I, I agree, I guess, with the sentiment of people that it doesn't seem like he can win. Um, but you just made me think of, yeah, Tori. Yeah, stirring the pot there by telling Romeo, hey, uh, somebody said that somebody else said that your name's being mentioned. And that's obviously great. Tori is... Uh, yeah, she's establishing herself, and she could have bought herself uh, another week. I know next week is a, a double elimination episode, mm-hmm. but um, she is definitely on the bottom. And uh, you know, Romeo, 
seems to have you know fallen below her in the uh, in the standings, and then in the edit, Romeo said, or in the uh, looking forward to next episode, Romeo plays a part in that. So yeah, it seems like he will be eliminated before her. So she's playing her cards real, real well. Okay, well, let's go to this one then, because we brought up Roxroy there and his chances of winning the game. Ian, who I believe is here uh, in the live tribe, who wins a Tory, Marianne, and Roxroy final three? JD. I mean, that's wow. would be wild. Tory, Marianne, and Rox. Best guess uh, at who takes that? As of right now, sure. if the playoffs happened today, <laughs> tomorrow, or whatever. It's Rock, Roxroy would win because Roxroy wow. is not in that final four. He is not part of the original Tory, Marianne, Chanel, and now Romeo. They're they're in the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. They're in the the absolute bottom. Roxroy not on the bottom. So I would have to go Roxroy. I think he's just more likable. He's predictable, as he said last <laughs> week, uh, and he he just seems like a nice guy, and he doesn't seem to he gets on people's nerves. At the beginning, when he's wants to build his, you know, keep the fire going and build a shelter, but all that stuff's done, ancient history, really, at this point. So I think that uh, you know he's he's stand up guy, and people, I think people genuinely like him. Uh, they just don't think he can win. But out of those three, I think he could win. Wow. Well, we know Romeo wouldn't be voting for him in the, in the final three hypothetical. There, Tassa, what do you think? I don't know. I, yeah. I can never predict a winner of this freaking game. I thought Xander had it last year. Right, right, um, right. But, yeah, the editors fooled me. Did they fool me or did they just not want to show, as you were saying, Skeets, want to show Erica's talks between her and uh, Heather? Like, they just never showed Erica. Right. And and maybe they're not showing, uh, you know, the, the good social play of one of those Character uh, to me, Tori is getting so much airtime right now. I would jump on that bandwagon. She kind of, I guess, has a bit of the. I was gonna say Michelle from a couple of years ago from um, the Winners at War, where she's mm-hmm. just been on the bottom the whole time and she could get to the end. Right, right. But M- Michelle wasn't as conniving as Tori. Tori's, uh, you know, she's she's caused some rifts with like five different people in five weeks of the show or whatever. Like she's. You know, yeah. she's 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 really stirring the pot, but that's why she's great. Yeah, she has featured prominently, no doubt, in this season. Yeah. Uh, a couple thoughts about her from the live tribe here. Adam says, if that's the hypothetical, Tori Marianne rocks. Tori, because that means she's probably winning six immunities. Great point uh, for her to maybe but get there. not if there. everybody hates her. I mean, you have to be voted to win yeah. by the jury. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, There's only at so a certain much... point, you have to be like, damn, I got to respect that. If uh, I mean, I guess, I guess, yeah, uh, I guess. And then size NZ, maybe New Zealand. Um, I don't think Tori has a chance to win the game, but I'm kind of loving her now. Feels like she's becoming a huge chance to become a returning player. Hmm. Size, get on board the Tori hype train here. <laughs> we love Tori on no buffs. We did uh, early on, even when she was looked like she was going to go home in the first episode. And we said, she'll bounce back. <laughs> She can. She's great. I mean, yeah. yeah. This is what I always want from a survivor player. I want to either love you or even dislike you because that means, right. you know, it's like wrestling. You, you got to get the cheers or the boos. Be one or the other. It's when you get nothing that I'm like, meh, I don't really care. Uh, I love her, but I get why people don't. But that's a good character. That's a great survivor player. I, exactly. I think, I think uh, you're right. I think we will see eventually Tori again, especially if she continues to, like, go a couple episodes here and 
hell, flirts with the finale. Who knows? Making it all the way there. We'll see. That's why it was crazy that Erica won last year because she was neither a compelling character. Yeah, true. She wasn't pissing anybody off. Anyways, uh, you know, you don't see in the edit how great a social player she was, but at least this season, the shillelagh of time was, to me, was, I mean, it meant something. You know, like, at least... The edit was funny. I know you guys talked about it. Um, at least he had, there was a choice to be made there. Uh, it worked right. out. But Erica obviously had to break it. Anyways, I haven't talked about no about Survivor in a long time, so that's why I'm talking about yeah. season 41. I'm going back. There's no one uh, to talk about it. <laughs> Not even my wife will talk about Survivor <laughs> season 41. Uh, final one here from Just Jeff for now. So Drea dipped her hands in that hole with red paint to get the advantage. Yep, talked about that. What's something that they can put in that advantage hole that mm-hmm. can stop you from doing the same task? Is there something besides red paint? Uh, probably any paint, I would assume, no matter the color. Maybe you have a color you're afraid of. But uh, what else could they put in there that you'd be like, that I don't know, that Tasmelos would like contemplate putting his hand in there? I don't know if they've ever done this on Survivor, but... Just a whole lot of bugs. I mean, a lot of yeah. insects yeah, that crawling would, up that, and down. That would get me thinking twice. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, I just had a fresh encounter with some monster of a bug here in the south. Oh. It, was, it, it wasn't even in my way. Uh, it was on the sort of the door frame, and I was walking in, and I saw it. And it's, it was like, I don't know, five inches long or something. It was just huge. And I, what, I say it wasn't even in my way, so... so like I could have just walked in the door, but I thought about it twice because this freaking monster of a bug <laughs> is just hanging out. There's these huge bugs down here that, uh, man, they're, just, they're literally monstrous. So, yeah, that thing is on my brain right now. I wouldn't want anything mm. crawling. crawling yeah, but fingies. that's the weird part. It's almost like I know this is, it sounds counterintuitive, but like the bigger the bug in like this hypothetical advantage hole, the less gruesome i find it like if there's just a bunch of if i have to reach my hand in there jd and like a million smaller mm. fast whatever fire, yeah that crawls over <laughs> me man no I, nah. nah i'd be thinking nah. twice about how badly i actually want this thing i have to admit yeah I, i'm with you anything squirmy you know yeah. like ugh, no <laughs> i would do it because i want the advantage but yeah, I, I put live scorpions. That's what I wrote down for this. Wow. Anything yeah. that could sting me or uh, that kind of thing, which I wouldn't, you know, they've they've had weird grubs and weird uh, insects that people had to eat mm-hmm. for challenges on Survivor before. So imagine that if they made, you got to eat all these bugs to get to the bottom of this can <laughs> where your wow. advantage is. Can you imagine? <laughs> Ugh. Uh, there you go. You're giving you're giving probes a bunch yeah. of monster ideas here. <laughs> that's what the monster. That's the appetite part of the monster. Eat all these that's bugs right. to get to the bottom of this well where you can find this advantage. I uh, guess there are no gloves on Survivor. No. You can't find any gloves. <laughs> yeah. Or like, could she have like? Could you make a glove somehow? Yeah. I guess clothing. You could use your. I don't know. Use Mike's skirt that he was showing off to everybody there at one point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can somehow sure. fashion something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, keep your questions coming, guys. Those were great. Uh, send them in. No Dunks Inc. on Twitter, INC at the end, or drop them in the comment section below this video or email them in. No Dunks at theathletic.com. We'll take our, uh, one more break, but when we come back, yeah, well, let's do a quick like look ahead to next time on Survivor and uh, get some predictions, <laughs> which are always <laughs> impossible, like Tass said, as to who's going home next week, and maybe uh, we'll get Tass's thoughts on who wins this thing. Don't go anywhere. 
If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, back with no buffs here. Just to go back to that quick question about what you're putting in that advantage hole that could prevent you from putting your hand in. Uh, Andreas here in the live tribe. What about if there's just <laughs> shit in it? <laughs> Which, great answer. Definitely yeah. would have you thinking twice. Also, hilarious visual. Jeff Probst breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> bringing the camera in squatted over a little hole it's got the idol hey guys here's what's going on in season 42 i'm gonna put this in this hole i'm gonna drop a dump in this hole see uh you know how desperate they are to get it you're a monster jeff yeah that's the real monster holy probes just dropping turds all over the island oh my god how bad do you want it uh Uh, all right that's funny that's funny because yesterday a little uh, hand in the poop talk from me here. Changed the uh, baby's diaper. Yep. You know, all good. Slimy poop, whatever. Threw it in the garbage. I realized uh, like 10 minutes later, my wedding ring wasn't <gasps> on my finger. It's oh, like, what? No Where? way. So, so I, I went through the garbage. Poop, poop was everywhere, but no ring in the garbage. I had, wa- I washed my hands. So I took oh. apart, I took apart the sink, the pipes to the sink wasn't in there. Then it was actually in the my trunk where I changed my baby, where my baby, my uh, where, so that's you where took it, was. it off. Maybe in no, the... I didn't take. I didn't take it off. It kind of slips off. Oh, okay. uh, I, I've been out on Survivor for thirty days. My my <laughs> fingers are getting slimmer. Wow. No, it just kind of yeah, it kind of slips off. But maybe the poop made it slide off. I don't know. Anyway, I touched some poop yesterday. Disgusting. It is. That would be a good one. That would be a, a good, good one, one, Andreas. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next time on Survivor, let's start wrapping this up. Uh, this is what we get from the little tease. Guys Alliance? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yes, this is where we get the, there's more dudes than women here. That's uh, Rox right <laughs> pointing that out, I believe. Rox, Jonathan, and Mike. Yeah, kicking around the idea of a Guys Alliance down by the water well. Okay. We get Lindsay and Jonathan. I guess like... Butting heads a little bit. It's a little unclear, of course, what their 
they're really getting into here about maybe who's more in the know, who's more in control is what I was taking from it. Uh, and then Propes drops the bombshell. Two idols up for grabs. Two people going home to uh, stick with our poop theme. Uh, number two uh, <laughs> next week. Uh, so, yeah, JD, what do, you, what do you think of these three little pieces we saw here uh, heading into next week's Survivor? I mean, sure, guys, Alliance, bring it on. I mean, we sort of who's in the who's in the big <laughs> alliance right now? I mean, there's eight of them. Yeah, how many of them are women? Man. I'm just looking at uh, it. Lindsay, Drea, Lindsay. I guess that's and, it. Is that it? That's it, right? Yeah. Not Mary. Marianne's nope, not in it. No, nope. Marianne's not a part of it. So, huh? Interesting. Mm. Yeah, I mean, okay, sure. Uh, you know. Breaking down these are hilarious because it's always like within the first act everything's just gone right, right? right like right. Uh, you know but uh, but yeah there it is a good point about the guys alliance I loved getting back speaking of guys speaking of those three guys Mike Jonathan and uh, Roxroy when Marianne was having her little uh, breakdown right after tribal council at the beginning of the show and she's like i'm just i just don't fit in with the cool kids and they show us a shot of those three guys like the dads basically <laughs> it's like wow these are the cool guys <laughs> That's we you are in a with. new era man we are in a new era i love it i love it but uh but yeah <laughs> i yeah i mean i like i like the idea of uh, those three working together i like uh, high being in the mix i mean yeah and as far as uh, Lindsay and Jonathan go, I mean, her biggest complaint seemed to be that he wasn't listening to her, which uh, I can do a lot of damage. Yeah. I can, uh, you know, I think that uh, that Marianne is a little bit guilty of not, uh, I, I want to say not listening, but I think she does. She is a good listener and she has proclaimed that she's a good listener on the show, but she never stops talking. If you notice, like if someone's talking to her, she'll always be like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah, and then she'll interject mm -hmm. and she can come across as being not a very good listener but uh but anyways we'll see what happens i mean with the two idols in play i would love to see just a hurricane of idols being played and you know so that there's only one person left and they unfortunately have to go you know oh. like uh, the perfect storm of idols being played uh, with two people already having immunity and just everybody, everybody's paranoid get paranoia getting the best of them, and uh, you know, with Drea could steal one and then play two of them, and then just idols being played for people, it could be amazing. It, so hopefully something like that happens. Yeah, we've seen before where two idols are up for grabs in the individual part of the game. A lot of the times they will do a female and a male. You know, the first mm -hmm. uh, you know first sex oh, yeah. to or the sex like left standing. Let's say in one of these ones where you just gotta like last it out. But if I, I doubt they'll be doing that if we're not at even numbers right now. Uh, which we're not. So that's fascinating. So how are they doing this? Are we getting split into two different tribes? Is there a like just a random rock draw again or is it just whoever the last i don't know i, I we'll yeah. see it's a good point didn't, didn't they say they were splitting them in two groups of five? Oh, did they or did they say that is it 10 left i thought there was 10 left. people are there. saying last last left. season they split them up when there was 10 into two five so yeah maybe that's what they do again i guess in theory that's probably what the the game right. plan is here i think that's probably good for omar if like even if he isn't in the alliance with Roxroy, Mike, and Jonathan, he's still in the middle 
Like, he's not in a bad spot. Yeah, he's maybe got enough outs. Yeah. Maybe that helps take a target off his back. Oh, no, I think I think there's 11. I think there is 11, um, okay. now that I do the math. Is there? Three. No, there'd six, be ten, there would be 10, because there was 11 when we went to the uh, Dre oh, yeah. ultimately yeah, right. sitting out. So, yeah, we're down to 10. Yeah, right. We're down yeah, to 10, right, so they're right. likely going to split them up, and we'll have two challenges uh, each for an idol. So we're going to have two tribal councils. Yeah, okay. This is what's probably going to happen here. Wow. Yeah. So this is huge. This is people are saying this is how Nasir went home, I guess, uh, right. last year when we did this part. Wow. <laughs> I mean, someone like, yes, you're right, Tass. Someone like Omer is in a better spot than a lot of people, no matter how the rocks get drawn, because he's got these like little builds and little alliances with everybody. So in theory, you're going to be with some people. Uh, yeah, fascinating. Okay. Huh. Here we go. Uh, well, before we wrap this up, Tass, let's hear it, man. I know it's difficult. <laughs> I know it's next to impossible. Who's winning this game, uh, in your opinion? Who's your Who's your pick to win Survivor 42 at this point? Or who do what you want se- to? What a season it has been. What a roller coaster. I know one of who. Which one of uh, you three, along with Trey, has taken Omar at Skeet, so you That was Omar. my pick, and I've never called a winner right. So yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna go wait from that one because okay. that's that. He he could definitely be there at the end, no doubt. I think Lindsay's a good one, for, as she's just sort of flying under the radar to some degree, but um, she is. I, I think people look. Uh, they like her, uh, and and yeah, they 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 respect her. She's good in challenges. Uh, like she's always sort of it's her or Jonathan kind of thing to lead. Uh, so I don't know. She's she seems like she's likable and she's got a strong social game. But I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to see who would be the Erica of last year. Who's who's sneaky? I mean, I th- I think you named her when Lindsay yeah. because yeah. if Lin- if Lindsay wins, then. It'll be exactly the same as Erica winning. We have barely seen her, um, and she has got the biggest meat shield of all time uh, in Jonathan. So yeah, I mean, you might be onto something there, Tass. But uh, it's, I'm hard. I'm having a hard time seeing what what's on her resume yeah. if if she makes it to yeah. the final uh, final three. But uh, you never know. Okay. Nope. okay. Little a vote for Lindsay from Tass. Uh, people are agreeing with you. Sleeper pick. Uh, people are saying yeah. here. Um, and, and JD, where are you right now at this point? Well, I'm still high on Mike. Treya seems seems like it's her game to lose at this point. Mm-hmm. With all her, like she better make it to the final uh, uh, at, with with all of the advantages she has. Um, but yeah, put me down. Put me down for Mike. Okay. I like high and I love Omar and uh, I, I, you know, he's my, my heart is rooting for Omar. Right. I want that go train Alliance. I want back to back Canadian winners. <laughs> Cause I'm a home. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. But, uh, you know, uh, I mean, God, wouldn't it be crazy if Tori won this thing? Yeah. Crazy. Let's get right? nuts. Let's get nuts. There's a lot of people that I would not be upset with uh, winning this thing, but uh, yeah, right? still lots of Survivor left. Uh, how many days they left out there? I guess they're getting pretty close. They got like nine days. I think we saw day 16, yeah. um, which means that was probably night 16 Tribal Council. Jesus. Yeah, so, so that's yeah. nine, nine nights left. Wow. So crazy. My goodness. Home stretch here. Uh, let's call it there, Tass. Thank you so much for filling in. 
my man. Thank you, guys. Uh, appreciate it. We'll see you, obviously, on tomorrow's No Dunks podcast. You can join us live over on the No Dunks YouTube feed at 10 a.m. Eastern. If you want to hear us talk about tonight's playoff games, join us there. And if you're just a Survivor fan, make sure you subscribe to No Buffs there on Survivor and uh, subscribe to the podcast and leave your boys a five-star rating and review. Appreciate everybody joining us live here on Thursday afternoon. That was a lot of fun. You guys had great comments. Until next time, the tribe has spoken. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.